You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Girl 77 by Mojo on Ex Libris. Rated explicit. Zodiac Lounge, Alexandria, Virginia, 9.25 p.m. You can have my isolation. You can have the hate that it brings. Sing a male voice in the background. The music was loud and pulsing, like it always is. On any other Wednesday night, I might be found sitting in booth five, in the dark privacy it allowed, but this was the first time I'd been on the other side of the glass, standing on the tiny stage amid the dim lights. You can have my absence of faith. You can have my everything. Help me tear down my reason. Help me your sex I can smell. Help me you make me perfect. Help me become somebody else. Scully has not said one word since we arrived, but she keeps staring at me accusingly, as if she didn't know that I came to places like this. In fact, I've called her many times from the phone booth on the corner, sometimes to answer her page, but normally just to hear her voice. Can someone turn that goddamn music off? yelled Detective John Barrows. I can't hear myself think. I want to feel you from the inside. I want to fuck you like an animal. My whole existence is flawed. You get me closer to God. The song continued before being cut off. Its blatant lyrics were making Scully frown in disapproval. I was used to it. The Zodiac Lounge just doesn't play Celine Dion. The lights come up as well, illuminating the scene before us in harsh fluorescent. Because we were here for a reason. She'd been murdered. My girl. Girl 77. Girl 77 was draped across the chair where she normally performed on demand. Her legs splayed apart as if still dancing, but her body was twisted morbidly and unnaturally. Strangled, the stocking was still wrapped around her bruised and swollen throat. Her face had frozen at the moment of death, screaming out. Her red hair had fallen forward in the struggle, clinging to her lipstick lips of cherry red. Inner G-string was your number. Care to explain why? Detective Barrows asked handing a folded piece of paper to me. I took it in my latex-gloved hand. I had no idea how she'd gotten it. He looked past me to stare at Scully. The implication was so fucking apparent, he had to see it. They looked so much alike. It startled even me to see them together finally. Reality versus illusion. Let's just say, I whispered, reaching for his arm. I leaned in, not wanting the others to hear. I've been here for the floor show. Can you verify your whereabouts for the last 12 hours? He asked, shaking me off. Jesus Christ, now I'm a suspect? It was bad enough I got called out in the first place since I was unable to come without Scully. I stared him down, giving him full advantage of my height. He was with me, Scully piped in, finally finding her voice. It was dry like a shot of scotch, and she cleared her throat before continuing. On assignment. We thought you should be notified, Barrow said, peering at me from behind his thick glasses. We weren't sure why she'd have your phone number. We were thinking perhaps she was involved with drug dealers or something. He asked me more questions, but I tuned them out. 
answering in simple yes and no as I focused my attention on Scully. She was examining the body for herself, studying the wound, a thoughtful expression across her face as she brushed the hair off the lips, sweeping it back into place. Her eyes traveled down the woman's body, clad only in a black bodice and the other garter stocking. She lifted the woman's arm up and over, checking for entry points. She appears clean, Scully said, perfectly professional. No evidence of IV drug use, but I'll run toxicology just to make sure. Are you going to handle the autopsy? The guy from the ME asked, looking over at her. Scully was quiet again, but her eyes glared up at me, meeting my gaze directly. I pursed my lips up, unable to speak. It was her call, although I figured she wasn't going to let this go. Send the body in the morning, she instructed, standing up. Scully pulled off her gloves, discarding them roughly on the ground. She surveyed the scene one last time before turning to go. All eyes in the room watched her leave, then traveled back to me, registering the tension between us, forming opinions. Show's over, boys, I said, smiling through clenched teeth. I crumpled the paper in my hand, not caring if I was destroying evidence or not. It had done enough damage already. I followed Scully back to my car. She climbed into the passenger side, slamming the door hard behind her. I slid into the driver's seat. She silently looked out the window, arms folded tightly to her chest. I turned to stare at her, probably making her uncomfortable. It couldn't be any worse than the way I was feeling now. I'd been busted, spread eagle, wide open. I'd been coming here for years, off and on, an extension of those magazines I read or the videos I watch, and eventually it lost its thrill as well. Pornography does that, dulls your senses, a diversion, that's all it was. Until Girl 77 showed up. Scully, I started, wanting her to say something, anything. I'd even settle for a fuck-off Mulder right now. I'll do the autopsy, just to make sure you aren't implicated, Scully answered, just above a whisper. She turned to face me, narrowing her eyes. Her tongue darted out slightly to wet her lips. Always looking out for my reputation, I said, voice steady and firm. I was not the one in control. She was. And she never lost her control, especially around me. Just with men like Jerse, Van Blunt, or Paget. Who is she, Mulder? She finally asked. Her hand reached up, brushing her silky red hair behind her ear. Obviously, she knew the significance of her hair. She's just... Girl 77, I answered. They all have numbers assigned to them, so I never knew her name. And I never screwed her, if that's what you want to know. She exhaled slightly, perhaps in relief, but she should have known that. What did you do, she asked, cool and measured, as if interrogating a suspect. Maybe that's what I was to her, too, a suspect. After all, I was guilty of something. She danced for me, I said, leaning my head back on the seat. I closed my eyes, watching the colors swirl around as my head started to pound. You don't really want details. Scully sat up more, shifting slightly. I'd like details since... Since she looks so much like me, Mulder, is what she wanted to say. But her voice died off, not needing to finish the sentence. I liked her looks, I started, breathing slowly. How much should I really tell her? I inserted the keys in the ignition, letting him sit there. Idle. How does it work in there, she continued, glancing back at the club. The neon sign flickered in the darkness. The triple X must have had a short in the wiring. This wasn't a good area of town, and I wanted to get going, get her out of this place. I never wanted to see it again. I hated the isolation it stood for. Mulder, she pressed, expecting an answer. 
You pay by the minute, I replied, fingers playing with the keys. They rattled like a tiny wind chime. For what? she asked, like a psychiatrist trying to analyze me and my motives. Anything I wanted. She would dance on occasion, but sometimes I'd pay her to just sit there and stare back at me, or press her body against the glass just out of my reach. The glass always separated us, I said, as random images flashed in my mind. Not of girl 77. Of her. The near kiss in my hallway, telling her I loved her in the hospital, finding her next door with Paget, always just out of my reach. Analyze that, Dr. Scully. Start the car, Mulder, she ordered. But I don't. We sit there for a few moments, keys still in the ignition ready to go. She grew impatient and reached forward for the keys. Her hand brushed my knee, jolting my senses. Any little touch from Scully can do that. On the rare occasions she touched me. After six years, she still had that power over me. She turned the ignition over, and the engine hummed to life. Scully fell back against the seat, as far away from me as possible. Her small body scrunched up against the door, silent as I drove through the night. J. Edgar Hoover Building, 2.30 p.m. I opened the door to the pathology lab slowly, trying not to disturb the quiet reverence. Scully treated it like a church, sacred, pristine, and immaculate. And I was invited here, perhaps to pay my last respects to the girl who meant nothing to me. All day we had said very little to each other, except what was necessary in the ordinary course of business. I'd gotten used to it. Scully could distance herself from me quite easily, shielding herself in a shroud of denial. Scully, you wanted me? I asked, shutting the door behind me. She stood by the autopsy table, a white sheet covered the body, the female form visible in pale outlines. Yes, I did, she answered, terse and professional. Scully's hair was pulled back from her face, goggles shielding her eyes. Her hands were covered with gloves. The lab coat was a size too big for her. Even like that, she was beautiful to me. It equaled the sum of her education and experience. The blood stains on her scrubs shattered the illusion, reminding me of why I was called here. Scully drew back the sheet, exposing her down to the clavicles so the neck was visible. She died of asphyxiation, strangled by the stocking found at the scene. There was no sign of sexual assault. There was DNA evidence under the fingernails. She scratched her attacker. I hope to have that back ASAP, she recited with clinical precision. My eyes were fixed on the hair, which was splayed perfectly out on either side of the face. Same shade of copper fire cut chin length and squared off. She has a name after all. Charlene Prost, I say, eyes traveling away from her maintaining my professional interest. Police now think it was her husband who did it. There was a history of domestic disputes. They're trying to track him down. Scully exhaled sharply, her lips twisted in a strange smile. She reached out, covering her back up with the white sheet. Then she stopped, laying her hands on the edge of the table, gripping it for support. How long, Mulder? She asked carefully. How long were you her customer? Six months, I replied, taking note of her growing curiosity. Six months I paid to see this girl who was willing to do anything and everything I asked because the woman standing in front of me would not. But in reality, Girl 77 only served as a painful reminder of what could never be mine. Why? she asked, lifting her eyes to meet mine. She removed her goggles, revealing two blue pools as clear as rainwater. Help me understand this. I want what I can't have, I said, fixing her with a long stare. Now I wanted to get past the doctor facade and speak to the woman inside. 
the one I knew existed just below the surface, hidden from me all these years. Do you know what that's like, Scully? She started to speak, but pressed her lips closed, afraid to say yes, but I was certain no would be a lie. It was easier to pretend, I started, moving slowly around the table, edging ever closer, closing the gap between us. Is that what this was, she asked, her voice a hushed whisper. She looked down, indicating girl 77, a substitute for reality. Did you imagine she was you, I said, completing her sentence. Scully waited for me to continue, the silence protecting her. I had nothing to lose anymore. She might as well know. She had all the evidence, all the facts and data. If she couldn't admit it to herself, then I would. Yes, I answered with a half-smile, amused by the irony. But all the while, I wanted it to be you. Does that make sense? I think so, she breathed, gathering her things slowly. Her voice shifted. I think it makes a lot of sense, Mulder. This was all some sick game to you, wasn't it? No, I replied as she moved away from me. She walked briskly across the room to the cooler, unlatching the door angrily. She did all the things I wouldn't do, was that it? You could say anything to her, have her act any way you wanted, she continued, pushing the table back inside, and I was never going to find out. It wasn't like that, I said, defending myself. Why does it bother you, Scully? Because you had no right, she said, visibly shaken and struggling to regain composure. I paced slowly, measuring each step. Now it was my turn to analyze her. No right to what? To cheapen our relationship, she finished, closing the door. She turned, leaning back against the cold metal. Scully, we don't have a relationship, I corrected, coming towards her. The words hung in the air, and I hated saying them out loud. But it was the truth, no matter how much I wanted it to be more. She pursed her lips and folded her arms. Yes, but you work with me. And this was outside work, I countered, stopping in front of her. I placed my hand on the cooler door behind her, leaning in, so close that I could feel the tension rising off her body, watching her skin flushing over my proximity. What the hell was I seeing? Jealousy? Anger? Pride? Then you should have shown a little respect for me, she said, looking up. Her mouth was now inches from mine, the tiny mole above her lip visible. A beauty mark, one she keeps covered, as if it would denounce her professional credibility. I respect you, Scully. More than you'll ever know, I whispered. And I understand what you're feeling right now. What am I feeling, Mulder? How could you possibly understand what I'm feeling, she asked, narrowing her eyes at me. Maybe it was the trick of the light, but they appeared almost shiny. Because, I said, bringing my face closer to hers, forcing her to meet my gaze, I feel it too. Every time I find out you are with another man, like Jers, or reading about it, like Paget, That was fiction, she replied, nearly spitting out the words. Her hand slammed back against the door, pounding the metal. This was reality, Mulder. You imagine they're me, don't you? I pressed, reaching for her hand. She jerked it away from me, holding it protectively against her body. What are you talking about? She retorted, shaking her head. When you're with another man, you imagine they're me, I said, withdrawing a little. They're nothing like you, she said defensively. And as I've said before, my personal life is none of your business. But you make mine your business, I concluded. And she did. She couldn't stand the thought of me with another woman. Bambi, Detective White, Karen, now Girl 77. And we're both guilty of it, I added, emphasizing each word. Guilty of what? She asked, pushing past me. I grabbed her arm, forcing her to face me. She gasped at my touch. 
Substitution, I finished, shaking her roughly before letting go. Scully stared at me, saying nothing more, then resumed her work. I turned to leave, closing the door slowly. I walked down the hallway, heading for the sanctuary of my office, wondering how bad I'd really fucked up this time. And tomorrow, things would go back to the way they were, like they always did any time we came close to the truth. Whatever tension would be gone, resuming our roles as dutiful partners, not looking back, only forward to a future too complicated to face alone. As we dance around the obvious, each and every day, for years now, I had made my intentions clear. Not even telling her I loved her made a difference. But I couldn't tear down her reason, or whatever it was that kept her out of reach. Keys forever in the ignition. Idle. Mulder's apartment, 2.20 a.m. There was a knock on my door. Three raps, then silence. They repeated a second time as I fumbled for my jeans in the dark, pulling them on over my boxers. I padded over to the door, peering out the tiny porthole. Scully was standing in my hall. Her face looked up at the opening, knowing I was there. Please open the door, she said, her body tensed as her arms folded about her. I withdrew, unfastening the deadbolt and locks. The light from the hallway blinded me temporarily. I squinted against it as my eyes adjusted. Scully, it's late, I started, but she pushed past me into the darkness of my apartment, her eyes surveying everything. Are you alone? she asked, glancing back at the bedroom. Yeah, I answered, closing the door. I'm always alone. I couldn't tell in the dim light what her expression was exactly. I figured I was the last person she'd want to see right now. Yet something drew her here at this late hour. It was her husband, she said, breaking the silence. They caught him this evening. Confessed everything. And you came over just to tell me, I asked, smiling ironically. Her eyes glanced at my naked chest, then turned away. No, that wasn't it. That was just her excuse. I thought you wanted to know, she said, shaking her head. Sorry to bother you. I'm glad you did, I replied, my voice still raspy from sleep. She paced around the coffee table. She was still wearing her dress slacks, but only had on a sleeveless blouse, exposing parts of her slender body I didn't normally get to see. Her toned arms, the nape of her neck, her shoulders. I don't like it, she said, almost to herself. Don't like what? I asked, edging closer to her. I don't like how you used her, she continued, sounding edgy. I wondered if she'd been drinking. Maybe I did, I said, standing opposite her. She smelled like cigarettes. Maybe she was out smoking, like the night she'd caught me with Detective White. You had no right to put me in that position, she said, tossing her keys on the coffee table. They slammed the wood with a metallic clink. Do you have any idea what this looks like? I know what it looks like, I replied, watching the steady rise and fall of her chest. Once again, she was flustered by my proximity, and I took a step closer. Then what were you going to do, she questioned, gazing up at me. What was the next step? Find someone else who resembled me, so you could do other things besides just look? No, I answered, leaning in a bit. There could never be anyone else. It's always been you, Scully. Scully stood perfectly still, transfixed by my words. But she was on my stage now, center stage, commanding attention as she always did. And something was wrong. Why her? she whispered. Because you won't let me in, I replied. She winced slightly. You hardly let me touch you, Scully. I can't, she breathed, protesting. But her composure was gone. Whatever barrier Scully had around her all the time just wasn't there tonight. Just let me touch you, I implored, not caring what repercussions there would be for this violation. She closed her eyes, her shallow breathing the only sound. 
waiting. I reached up, running my hand through her hair, letting the strands fall from my fingers. My hand ventured lower, lightly tracing the outline of her body until reaching her left breast. I touched it gently, rewarded as she leaned into my hand, moaning softly. They don't let you touch them, I whispered, my lips against her forehead. In case you were wondering, I never wanted to touch her, Scully. I wanted that for you. She sighed, opening her eyes again, searching mine. This is wrong, Mulder, she breathed. This is so wrong. No, it's not, I affirmed. God damn it, she was not going to do this to me again. I wasn't going to let her run away this time. What's wrong is searching everywhere else for what we already have with each other, Scully. We don't have a relationship, she replied, echoing my words from earlier. That's what you said. Not this kind, I said. I knew I was sick of living the lie. How long was this supposed to continue anyway? I knew I could never find another woman who would ever compare to her. There was nothing else in my fucked up existence that mattered more than she did. I was attracted to Jer specifically because he wasn't you, she started, sitting down on the coffee table. I crouched in front of her in the space between her knees. And Paget, because I thought he saw something in me you didn't. You see me every day, Mulder. You know everything about me. I don't know everything about you, I said, touching her leg gently. And I certainly don't know the woman inside you. Is that what they tapped into, Scully? Maybe, she said, looking down at where I was touching her. And maybe I wished it really was you. Then why wasn't it me, I wondered. Was the comfort of a stranger's arms safer than mine? But they didn't care about her the way I did. How could they? You know I love you, Scully, I breathed, running my hand at the length of her calf. You know that, don't you? Mulder, she replied, her voice aching with longing. Six years of wanting you, Scully. Maybe that's made me a little crazy, but you were always just out of my reach, I said, touching her higher, her inner thigh. She wasn't stopping me either. I'm not now, she whispered, her body tensing as my hand neared the apex. I stroked her gently through the fabric, feeling the electrical charge run through us both. It was better than anything I could ever imagine. Her hand reached out, making contact with my bare skin. She ran her fingers down my shoulder, tracing my clavicle and then my nipple. So rare Scully touched me. Normally I had to be injured or unconscious, but this wasn't the touch of my doctor this time. It was that of a woman, arousing me. Does this feel good? I asked her, pressing up to her soft center, wishing all these damn clothes weren't in the way. Mm-hmm, she whispered, tilting her head to the side. Her hair spilled over her cheek, leaving trails of copper fire. I continued working my hand against her, gauging her reactions carefully. I was going to learn how to fine-tune this for her, find just the right spot. Her hand slid back up my chest, across my neck, and her fingers clutched at my hair. I wondered who was the last man she allowed to touch her like this, to share something this intimate. I was relieved that this time, she'd finally chosen me. I slowly pulled her shirt from her slacks so my hands could wander beneath the thin, pale fabric. I could feel the scar underneath her left breast, a reminder of how I'd almost lost her. Likewise, she traced mine from where she'd shot me. You're not armed, are you? I mused, and she smiled slightly. No, she answered. I'm not concealing anything either. Mind if I check? I asked, rising up on my knees so we were face to face, her lips so close to mine. She shook her head. Can you take this off? She reached down to the edge of her shirt, crossing her arms as she lifted it up and over her head, letting it fall to the floor. Jesus, she was so beautiful. 
Is that how you asked her, Mulder? She asked softly. Is that what she did for you? She did nothing for me, I stated firmly, wanting her to know how empty it really was. She nodded, hopefully understanding. She drew my hands up, laying them on her skin, an open invitation. My hands explored the smoothness of her stomach, the curve of her spine, the hollow at the base of her throat. Her skin was warm and pulsed with life and energy beneath my fingertips. Alive, she was holding her breath as if afraid to breathe. Relax, I coaxed, and she finally exhaled. She wasn't running away. Scully was voluntarily undressing in front of me, allowing me access to her body. I wondered if I was dreaming, if any second I'd wake up on the couch drenched in sweat and other things. But then she drew her mouth to mine, covering it lightly. Did you ask her to kiss you? She whispered. Through the glass? Her lips brushed mine, and I responded fully, opening beneath them, allowing her to control this kiss, our first kiss. She tasted slightly of cigarettes and vodka, confirming my suspicions. I wasn't about to fault her for that. Wasn't the first time I'd probably driven her to such indulgences. Then she broke away, stopping to catch her breath. What else did you want her, me, to do? She inquired, licking her lips, challenging me. Scully, I countered. She had nothing to prove to me. No substitutions or imitations this time. You tell me what you want, Scully. You. I want you to touch me, Mulder, she answered, voice thick with suggestion. I pulled her off the table and into my arms, pressing her tightly against me. I rotated her gently to the floor, kissing her hard, rewarded by her responsiveness as she shifted beneath me. Her fingernails scraped along my back, mimicking that night I'd found her on the same floor. Her bra fastened in the front, and it took no time to unsnap it and push the silky fabric away, exposing her breasts. Small, firm, and perfect. She moaned as my hand surrounded one, savoring its weight and feel. I lowered my mouth to it, swirling my tongue around her erect nipple. She arched her back. Her hair was splayed out on the floor, all around her head like a halo as she smiled, her body shifting up and down, rocking against me. She was still wearing her slacks, and I focused on that next, unbuckling her belt between kisses to her stomach. The zipper slid down smoothly, revealing matching underwear to her bra, which was still tangled around her arms. I shifted the fabric away, leaving her exposed, bathed in the moonlight that spilled from the window above. I'd seen her naked before, the day I rescued her from the alien ship, the shower we'd almost shared being decontaminated, but I'd never seen her like this. Sensual and aroused, tensed and waiting. For me. My hand returned to the spot between her legs, this time with no barriers. She was wet, and I spread it across her folds as I stroked her, enjoying the look of contentment it causes across her face. I increased the friction slightly, and her wordless sounds urged me on. I lowered my face, finding the bundle of nerves again, this time with my tongue. Scully writhed beneath me, resting one leg over my shoulder, her hands reached for my hair, running her fingers through it and encouraging me to continue. The smell of sex was heavy around us, and the taste of her was arousing me more each second. She grinded harder against me, and I looked up. Her eyes were closed tightly, biting her lower lip, holding back. She was holding back on me. Scully, I whispered, withdrawing for a moment. What's wrong? She lifted her head, face flushed over as she propped herself up on her elbow. Nothing, except... 
Except what? I asked, and she shifted along the floor, working herself beneath me again. Was she uncomfortable? We could move to the bedroom if the floor is too hard. No, she replied, shaking her head. Her lips sought mine, licking her moisture away. She clutched my shoulders. Because I am not the one who's going to have their back on it. Scully, I whispered, surprised. Then suddenly, I was on my back and she was above me, working on the fly of my jeans. Now I could die, and I didn't care how many alien conspiracies went unsolved in my absence because this was all worth it for this moment. My head hit the floor as she reached for me, her hands snaking beneath my boxers, seeking me out. I was already painfully hard, and the uncomfortable, restricted feeling passed as she removed my jeans, taking the boxers with them. They stayed wrapped around my ankles. Apparently, she just wanted them out of the way. This is better, Mulder, she said, sliding over me, thighs hugging mine. She let the bra fall down her arms. Better than imagination, isn't it? Yes, I groaned, seeing her smile. She rubbed herself against my penis, creating a delicious friction. Then I realized, this wasn't just my fantasy we were acting out. It was hers. Carefully, she lowered herself on me, sheathed me inside her heat. She moaned her satisfaction, and I echoed the sentiment. Finally, we were here, no longer an idol. She held her hips in place, pushing further inside. Just feeling her wrap around me was enough to make me come, but I tried to hold on. This was for her. Her hands laced with mine, bracing for leverage as she began to rock, sliding up and down my length. Jesus, she was good at this, like I'd always imagined. Strong, independent, powerful, and sexual, all at once. Every quality I admired in her took on a whole new meaning here. How's your back? she asked before sinking into me again, increasing the pace even more. How are your knees? I breathed between short pants. This damn floor could not be comfortable for her, but I wasn't about to get up now. Fine, she breathed, grinding harder. Faster, deeper. So I was filling her completely, completing her as she completed me. Every nerve of my being focused on what she was doing. Mulder, she started between rocking. We have a relationship, don't we? And now I regretted saying that. Obviously, I'd hurt her. I reached up, brushing my fingers against her lips. Scully, I whispered, tracing them gently. We do. I just think we'd gotten good at avoiding it. I guess we can't do that now, she answered, clutching me tighter. No, I confirmed, determined she was not going to deny this ever happened. I met her thrusts, wanting her to feel this inside, in her heart. This wasn't some casual fuck to me. I loved her, and I knew the significance of this moment, forever burned in the recesses of my mind. Her eyes fluttered closed, her teeth clenched as she shattered around me, her breath coming out in short pants, riding out the pleasure coursing through her. She cried out in release. She threw her head back as she thrust down one final time. My hands steadied her hips. Mulder, she breathed, falling back against me, our bodies covered in a thin sheen of sweat. I held her close, feeling my own body growing harder within her as she pulsed around me. My turn, I said, rolling her gently on her side, thrusting up and into her again. We were face to face, and I tried to support her in my arms. She slid her legs around my waist, relaxing into me as I pumped harder, her moisture only making it easier. I couldn't contain it anymore, and I slammed into her one final time, exploding inside her as I made incoherent sounds, signaling my release. Seeing perception shatter around me, because nothing would ever be the same after this. 
Dear God, I said, my eyes struggling to focus. She was smiling, curling her body around me tighter. You don't believe in God, she whispered, as if I'd committed an act of heresy. I do now, I panted, pulling her out of her slightly. It was the closest thing to a religious experience I'd ever had. I kicked my jeans off finally, discarding them so Scully could entwine her legs with mine. I thought about handcuffing her to the sofa just to make sure she wouldn't escape off into the night. When her breathing resumed to normal, I kissed her again. Her mouth opened up beneath mine, tongues exploring. We shared a breath and a smile as well. Nothing compared to this. I closed my eyes, feeling tired and euphoric all at once. Mulder, she said, and I opened my eyes again to find her staring at me. No glass separated us now. Promise me something. Anything, I replied as she laced our hands together. No more substitutions, she said quietly. Never, I answered, hearing her sigh heavily. She closed her eyes, resting back against my shoulder. I could almost hear her thoughts, telling her to get up and go, to run from this before it went any further. But she didn't. Scully was falling asleep. And tomorrow, things weren't going back to the way they were. The end. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.